Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. There you go. How's that? I'm not sure. I guess it, I guess it went to sleep. I'm going to check. See, that was just a check to be sure you guys aren't sleeping. That's what that was. I must have got pushed the button some time ago. Uh, we're going to talk about Thomas today. Uh, if you have your Bibles open, uh, open to John chapter 20. I know you all are thinking, we're going to be here forever. You're not. This is the last, the last Sunday that we're going to be in John 20. Uh, and then we're going to go back to Acts and see how that message that Jesus shared with those disciples became real in them. And they lived that relationship out daily, showing and demonstrating God's love. Uh, the way that Jesus uh, had shown his love for them and demonstrated that. Jesus, one of the last commands he gives, we'll hear it this morning. He says this, that we truly share our faith, we truly share our love for him by showing that love, that is his love, with others. That when they see us, they see his face. And that we are called to care the same way we just heard. The songs that we've sung this morning, recognizing that in our lives that we are called to share and show that love that Christ has shared with us. We do it as family members. We do it as church members. We're called to do it as neighbors, as co-workers, as friends, as family. That we demonstrate every day of our life the love of Jesus Christ. And we do that with him walking with him, recognizing his presence in our lives every day. If you have your Bibles, open to John 20 and look at verse 24 and following. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, and this is Thomas' testimony, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe it. A week later, the disciples were in the home again, and Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here in my hand. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. Father, I recognize the fact that, uh, that most people would say, this is not a real good story uh, to have one of the 12 disciples doubting. But the reality of where we are in our lives, Father, there's not one of us in this room that doesn't find ourselves, we don't find ourselves doubting uh, all the time in our lives, worried about things that we know we have no control over, uh, looking at things and thinking, Father, how is this all going to turn out? And we begin to doubt your very presence in our lives. My prayer would be that we would remember that presence that comes through you and that hope that is in us as you hold us, as you embrace us, 
as you call us, Father, to be with you wherever we go. And all of a sudden we realize, Father, it's not where we're going, but where you're going. And that our lives have been given to you. Help us to recognize what it means to have the faith that Thomas finally came up with, that you provided to him, my Lord and my God. Help us shout it from the mountaintops. Help us to share that with the world we live in. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. The message that we see in Thomas's life in this passage is one of only three times where Thomas' names mentioned. He's in the list that are in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then in Acts. John doesn't have a list of the disciples. He's right in the middle, somewhere in the middle in his life. You know what? I spent most of my life as a C student. I was just getting by. I was just passing. I was just doing okay, satisfactory. I saw lots of those. Some of you know what it means to have a report card that has that little list of things down the side of it. And I got a lot of satisfactory, but I also saw a lot of needs work here. All right, my parents understood that, so they tried to work with me on the process. But, but Thomas is somewhere right in the middle. He's not with Peter and Andrew, with James and John. He's not up in that part of the disciple group. But he's not down with Bartholomew and some of the other people that we never hear anything about. But each one of those disciples did one thing, and none of them did it any better than the other. That is, when they heard Jesus call, come, follow me, they got up from where they were, and they followed him. That is the same call that Jesus has for every one of us who are here today. For each one of us who would hear this message from God's Word, that we are to come and follow Him. And we do that by holding Him, by embracing Him, by recognizing that He is the one that would guide us and He's the one that would direct us. Thomas struggles with that. We see him struggling throughout his ministry. We see him dealing with difficult times. One of the other places that we see Thomas speaking is in John's uh, Gospel, again John 11 here. What happens is Jesus tells the disciples uh, that he's going to Jerusalem again. Do you remember what happens? The disciples begin to say, no, 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 you can't go there. Last time you went there, they almost stoned you. Uh, don't go to Jerusalem. Do you remember what Thomas said? Let us go with him that we may die with him. I tell you what, that doesn't sound like doubting Thomas to me. That sounds like someone of conviction, of purpose, someone of direction that recognizes that wherever Jesus leads him, he'll go. He'll follow the Lord because he knows who he's given his life to. But he is still confused. We see later on in John's gospel that same message, another message that's not too far removed from it. In John 13, if you have your Bibles open, I ask you to turn there. I think we've got the scripture up someplace. If we don't, don't worry about it. Um, Jesus says this in John 13, 3, 33. My children, I'll be with you only a little longer. You'll look for me just as I told the Jews, and so I'll tell you now. I'm going and you cannot follow me. A new command I give you. This is that passage I referred to just a second ago. Uh, I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. What? If you love one another, that the world sees Christ's love in us. 
Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow, but you will follow me later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And there you know, you know what happens at this point. Jesus tells it straight up in verse 38, and he says to Peter, he says these words, Will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows three times, you'll disown me. There's a message that's there that speaks to us of what it means to follow Jesus, how difficult it is. It's not an easy road that we follow. If you're here this morning and you think, you know what, I want to become a disciple of Christ. I'm interested. I'd like to be baptized. I'd like to join this church. I'd like for everything to be perfect in my life. I can assure you that there is no guarantee for any of those things. But you know what you have? You have a Savior who is going to be with you wherever you go, to be beside you, to guide you, to direct you, to hold you by the right hand, and to encourage you through life's difficulties, that you can remember where the truth is in your life. And Jesus fulfills that promise in verse 14, chapter 14, verse 1. Listen to these words. How many times have you heard this and think about when the occasion is normally you hear them? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would tell you so. I'm going there now to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to be with you, that you may be where I am. You know the place that I'm going. And here comes Peter back. Don't you love Peter? Peter always has the question. And Peter says this. Peter says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Thomas says in verse 5 this. Lord, we don't know where you're going. Uh, so how can we know the way? What was the response that Jesus gave him? The message that he had been sharing with them for over three years. And the message that he has shared from this pulpit with this congregation and congregations long before any of us were even here, Jesus shared the message very simply. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. Remember that. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus shares with us the fulfillment of the gospel message that God has shared with every one of us this morning. And that is that God loves us. He loves us so much that he's given his life for us. And yet we have one of the 12, we have one of the 12 that is having such a struggle with dealing with the reality of what he sees going on around him. I know that's not happened to any of y'all in this room, that you've never had doubts and you understand everything and you say, God, yeah, bring it on. I know you're here with me. I'm going to trust you for everything I have and everything I do. But then I know, too, in the same breath that, that every, every believer here today struggles with those questions that we have. Just like Thomas, we, we don't know where we're going. Where are you taking me, Lord? How do I know where to go? We see the fulfillment of that lived out in Thomas's life in the verses ahead. We see a relationship that he has with the loving and living God that's still within him, even though he has not seen him. We see Jesus' reply there, pretty personal. I think that's the thing. We see this personal response. Jesus doesn't claim to be a leader of a religious movement. He claims to be the life, the truth. He claims to be that message. 
But the problem that, Tim, that Thomas is having is he's not sure he believes it. At this point, I don't think Thomas is too far removed from where Judas was. I don't think he's too far removed from where Peter was. Do you remember what Peter did when he showed up at the grave? John went in, and after John had gone in and Peter had left, John writes in his, apostle, his message, he says, and that believer believed. But he never says that about Peter. I think Peter struggled with the whole thing. Remember what Peter did? Uh, as Jesus said, go back, I'll meet you in Galilee. What, did Peter, what was Peter's first thought? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and hang out with my old fishing buddies. They're pretty good. Guys, let's go fishing. And what does he do? The first thing he does is he takes a four or five of the apostles with him to go back to their old way of life. In our lives, there's a struggle that we have when we realize that, that the faith that we have sometimes is so dependent upon our opinions of what we see, of what we've heard, of what we know. And if we don't see or know or understand it, then it's not a part of our lives. What Christ calls us to recognize is the hope that is ours. And that hope comes through Jesus. And that hope comes through holding his hand and trusting him. That's the message that Jesus is sharing with Thomas. That's the message he's trying to reaffirm in his life. Think about all those times I was with you, Thomas. Think about the times in the garden. Think about the difficulties that we faced together. I was there with you through them all. My prayer would be if you're a believer here today and you've found yourself wandering away as Thomas did and doubting about what's going on in your life, that you would remember what it means to hold on to the hand of the Savior. Remember what it means to take that hand and allow him to guide you and lead you and direct you through every event in your life. It's been over 40 years ago. I was a recreational director at Buckner Children's Home and I had taken my dad back to get some Adidas shoes. Adidas used to give us their cast-off shoes at the children's home. And, uh, they had a big plant there in town in distribution center. So took my dad back, and we had been messing with these shoes, and it was just dad and me uh, in the room. And we walked out of the back room, and we were going, oh, whatever the length of a basketball court is, a little longer, from the back of the building, through the gym, and to the front of the building. And we walked out, into a room that was dark, uh, but it was lit by uh, fans that were up there, vent fans, that kind of thing. You could see what you were doing. And as I walked, all of a sudden I realized my dad wasn't with me. And I've told you this before, I, I called him man and he called me boy. And I said, man, where are you? And he's back right past the door. And I said, are you okay? And he said, Bob, he didn't call me boy. He said, Bob, I can't see. My dad had been dealing with eyesight for a long time. And I think about that, and I've thought about that over the years. I went back, and I took my dad, <laughs> how many times he did this with me, when I was afraid, when I found myself in darkness, I took my dad by the hand and I said, don't worry, I'm here with you. And we walked out of that darkness hand in hand. 
Jesus seeks to do that with each of us today. And he offers us that hand the same way he did Peter when he had that doubt. And he began to see the wind and the waves around him that were overwhelming him. When Jesus offered that hand, do you think there was any doubt that Peter was going to claim it as his? And he took it, and Jesus helped him back in the boat. And then whammo. <laughs> what does he say? Oh, you of little faith. He's talking to me when he says those words. He's talking to each one of us in this room. Oh, you of little faith, don't you trust me? Don't you believe what I said is true? Don't you believe me when I tell you I am the way, the truth, and the life? Don't you believe that I am the resurrection? I am the resurrection. And in me there's a promise for eternal life that, that is offered to each of us this morning. Don't you understand? And what does he say to us? Come follow me and I will be with you and I'll hold you by the right hand. I'll carry you through the difficult valleys. I'll be there with you because I love you. That's what people who love one another do. And God loves us so much that he's given us his one and only son to die on Calvary's cross for your sins and for my sins and that we might walk with and through him in everything we do. But the first thing we have to do is we have to trust him. That's a hard thing to do. But there's a call for us to remember that trust is what this is all about in our relationship with him. There's a second point that we see in Thomas's life. Um, forgive me for this. Uh, we're called to take Jesus by the hand. Secondly, to experience a genuine relationship with Jesus, you need to tender your hand. I'm, I'm doing tease here if you haven't figured it out yet. And I offer just didn't work. All right. But the word tender means that. Uh, it means to offer something. Uh, and it, what it is, it says, here it is. This is what you're expecting. I'm going to give you what you want. Uh, we doubt about the things that go on in our lives. But I try to figure out what's going on with Thomas. You think about all the things that he has seen. He's been with Jesus for three years. He's seen Jesus feed 5,000 people at least twice. Uh, he's seen Jesus walk on the water. He's seen Jesus raise the dead. He's seen Jesus heal the sick and the lame. He's seen Jesus do all these things. And now he's not real sure where he's going or what he's doing. And he hears the message from the disciples what? The same message that Mary shared on that first Easter morning, on that first day of the week. I have seen the Lord. That is the message that Thomas heard from the other disciples. And what was Thomas' testimony? Thomas' testimony is the same so many times as many of us. Uh, uh, any other Missourians here? All my family's from Missouri. Missouri is called what? I've done this for you before. It is the what state? The show me state. Yeah, show me and then I'll believe it. You know what? I've seen enough shows to know that what my eye sees is not necessarily the truth, all right? So that doesn't stick very well. But that attitude that we have of understanding things and seeing things and being able to experience them through vision, through hearing, all the senses that we talked about a couple of weeks ago at Easter, 
We count on those things <clears throat> to be our assurance. But that's not to be our assurance. Our assurance isn't in the things of this world, of what we see, of what we do, of what we touch. Our assurance is in the relationship that we have with a risen Lord. It's of the assurance that we have of his presence in our lives, of knowing and trusting in him with all our hearts. That is what Thomas has not figured out yet. The other disciples heard, saw, and believed that message. They saw the risen Lord, even as Mary had, and they are assured that they're going to be there. And so there's an offer there's a tendering of the lives that are there in that room, those 10 who are there in that room that week before. I don't think there was any way that they were not going to have Thomas be with them on that next, that next night, the time that they got together, that next Saturday night. They were going to have him there with them. And I believe they talked to him, and I believe they encouraged him, and I believe they, whatever they had, maybe they had to drag him there. But Thomas was in that room when Jesus came. And the first thing that Jesus said to them is the same message that he says to the, each of us who are here today. Peace be with you. You know what? The Greek word for that is Irene. I don't know if we have any Irenes here today, but that's what the Greek word is. You know the Hebrew word. It is shalom. And it's not the peace that we understand where we don't have problems. It's the peace that comes of presence of God in our lives. That we recognize that God is with us. And that is why those disciples were so sure that Thomas was there that night. Because they were sure in their lives. Believer, how are you sharing that message with people that don't know? People that are wandering in darkness people that are looking for the Savior, people that are seeking that answer that you have. Jesus made it pretty clear to you and to me as disciples, every believer here today, we are the light of the world. How can a city built on a hill be hidden? How come we light a lamp and put it on the lampstand? We don't put it under a bushel. We put it where everyone can see it. And so, as believers, what we do is we share that faith with those that we know. And we share that hope. And those disciples shared that with Thomas. My prayer would be that each of us would offer our lives to God in such a way that they become the vessels that God would have us be. That what we carry in us is the message of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ in everything we say, and everything we do, and that we live that message out that the world sees it. One last thing that Thomas did. Thomas trusted. He trusted in that relationship. He trusted in that Lord that had given his life for him. And we see that lived out in those final verses. Look at verse 26 through 28 again. The doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here in my hands. Reach out, put your hand into my side. What is the next thing that he said? Stop doubting and believe. It may be you're here this morning and you never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because of the doubts and fears that you have. 
It may be that you're here this morning and you just don't know what to do. Jesus calls us the same way he called each of his disciples, the way he did those throngs that followed him. He taught them and shared with them who he was and why he had come. And what we do is we take the message and the victory that is ours in him and we put it on a shelf and we hope that it will be good for us when the day of trial and tribulation comes. Folks, we are in the middle of trials and tribulations right now. Each of us are struggling with those things. And so there's a call that Jesus has for us. Stop doubting. Stop doubting and trust me. My dad was in the hospital bed at the house uh, just before he died. Uh, and I remember he, one of the last things he and I did together was Psalm 73 is one of my favorites because it speaks to me of the promise that God has for us. The psalmist Asaph looks around and he says, I can I understand why things are going the way they're going. This isn't right. I've done everything God you told me to and everything still seems to be going wrong in my life. I don't understand that. And then Asaph says this, until I came into the presence of the Lord. For him, it was to go into God's temple. For us, it's to be in the very presence of God right now with Jesus Christ within us. He ends up saying this, basically, my heart and my flesh may fail, but God, you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My dad knew that. My dad claimed that. My dad lived that. And there's a call for me to recognize what it means for me to do the same, to believe in that same Lord that loved me so much that he died for me. Y'all bear with me. One story I wasn't going to share, I'll share this one with you. I don't think I've shared this. If I have, say, that's story number 87, Bob. We've already heard that one. When I was moving to Danville, Illinois, here it comes. All right, I'm looking. Nobody yet. I was getting ready to leave in my 1968 baby blue Volkswagen. I was going to work for the L&N Railroad. And first time away from home, 19. My mom had gone back inside to cry. 1419 Brookside Drive, right behind Washington Avenue Baptist Church. She had gone in to cry. Dad walked out to me wearing his mohair sweater, cardigan, buttoned down. And he leaned in the window. And I thought, oh gosh, here goes. I'm going to get it again. I've heard it my whole life, particularly since I was a teenager. Don't do this. Don't do that. And dad leaned in the car window. And he said to me these words. Bob, remember whose you are. The other disciples understood. The other disciples knew what it was to trust in Jesus. Look and see what Thomas' response was. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas shouted, my Lord and my God. 
I give it all to you. He didn't say that, but that's what he was talking about. That's where he was headed. Each of you, hopefully by this time, have a sheet of paper. If you don't, it's getting a little late now. But I'll tell you what that's about. I've got to find mine. I've got Eddie's. Where did Eddie go? I traded, I traded mine with Mary earlier. If you have one of these, before, after the service is over, don't exchange it, Kim, with Karen. You find somebody maybe that you're not real familiar with. And you take this hand, your hand, and you take it and share it with them. And then you take their hand that they've drawn. And what you do is you promise, I'm going to pray for you the rest of this week. I'm going to pray that God blesses you this week. But you need to know one thing. If you don't figure anything else out, I will be praying for you. Thomas figured that out. And he knew what it meant when he said that word kurios, my Lord, my King, my Sovereign, I give my heart, my life to you. And that we demonstrate that love by sharing that love with others. God calls us to commitment. God calls us to follow him. And he's calling each of us right now to be drawn to him. My prayer would be that you would answer God's call this morning. You know how he's calling. I don't know how he's calling you, but I know what he's saying to me. And my desire is that I give all those things I'm holding on to back to him and allow him to guide and direct me. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you this day for the love that you have for us. We thank you, Father, for the fact that you gave Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for our sins. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.